I'd like a grande iced sugar vanilla latte with soy milk, please. You know, when I said that, you probably imagined exactly where I was. I was probably in a coffee shop, and the cup probably had a green logo on it, and in the center of that green logo was probably a mermaid. In fact, you probably thought that I was uh, would have been in a Starbucks, and if you didn't think that, well, now you do. Starbucks is one of those really interesting companies that was able to take something extremely commoditized, in this case it was coffee, and commercialize it by delivering an exceptional customer experience. Think about it. Coffee A versus Coffee B, there's really no differentiation beyond maybe a little bit of flavor that can differentiate the two types of coffees, but Starbucks somehow was able to create a massive empire around this commoditized product. So what was it that they did? In this interview with Mitch Disselcone from an agency, Ottawa Kent, based in Michigan, Mitch talks about his time behind the bar being a manager of a Starbucks and the leadership training that he was provided through corporate. Uh, He talks about how Starbucks did not look at their business as a coffee delivery company, but more as a customer service organization. And he highlights some of the key leadership qualities and customer experience uh, best practices that Starbucks tried to instill in not just him, but his fellow employees, or as he called them, partners as well. What I think you'll find most enlightening, however, beyond just you know, seeing behind the curtain of what makes Starbucks so great is how Mitch was able to take these qualities and characteristics and practices and apply them to his insurance and risk management experience with the agency that he's with today. I think you're going to find this extremely enlightening, especially if you happen to like coffee like myself. So without further ado, here is my interview with Mitch. Welcome to the Beyond Insurance Podcast, a show dedicated to helping insurance industry professionals capture unrealized potential. That is what you are capable of becoming. Each episode, your host, Matt O'Neill, will bring you the leaders of this risk revolution. Thanks for joining us today. Now, let the show begin. Mitch Disselcone, thank you so much for joining us today on the Beyond Insurance Podcast. We're really glad that you're here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. It's it's a privilege and an honor for me. So thank you for having me, Matt. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you are part of um, Ottawa Kent Agency, which is part of the Beyond Insurance Global Network. But for yep. those that don't know who you are, don't know who the agency is, why don't you give a little bit of background and context on that? Uh, sure, I'll try my best. Um, we are a, a, a insurance agency, obviously, uh, located in Holland, Michigan. Um, and, um, you know, we, we like to go really beyond insurance. We're not just passing policies and, and selling insurance. Um, we take a much more holistic approach to helping companies manage risk. Um, we work with small to medium-sized companies um, and a lot of those companies just don't have a risk manager um, or the budget to afford a risk manager. So we step in in that role, uh, providing them with tools and resources, not to just finance uh, insurance, but to actually manage their risk and find the vulnerable areas of their business uh, and help them to uh, protect that with strategies that are not just insurance related, but risk mitigation related. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously your background is not necessarily in insurance. So how did you get into auto account? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, I know we'll be talking about this later, but I actually got into Ottawa Kent through um, my coffee experience. Um, one of the producers in our agency uh, was a very regular customer of mine um, mm -hmm. at a Starbucks location here in town. And we developed a, a friendship um, over probably the last, I don't know, eight to nine, 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, through the course of a couple of different career changes with myself, uh, still in coffee, but different functions of that, um, he recruited me into the agency that he works for, Ottawa Kent. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's how I'm here now. <laughs> yeah, and so that's what, when we first started speaking, I found so interesting is how you transfer, translate coffee into protecting yeah. businesses. So right. <laughs> take us back, how did you even get into Starbucks? Like, mm -hmm. when did that begin? Uh, that began in 2013, uh, no, 2003. Okay. Um, I was working for a nonprofit uh, company out in Colorado Springs, actually. Um, and I had made the decision that I no longer wanted to be uh, a part of the nonprofit. Wanted to be um, involved uh, on a volunteer basis, uh, but not on staff. Um, and so I was speaking with uh, a gentleman named Ed Frelly, who was a part of our board for this nonprofit. Uh, he was working for Starbucks. He was a regional director. Um, and I, I mentioned to him, hey, I'm going to be looking for a, a career change. And he said, I respect you a lot. Why don't we look at to see what Starbucks has to offer? Um, so he uh, arranged a few interviews for myself. And uh, he hired me as an assistant manager uh, for a Starbucks location in, in that town. Okay. And that really began the journey of this whole leadership uh, yes. Training, right? Correct. So talk about that. Like, where did it begin? What was that experience like? Oh, yeah. Um, I guess I didn't know what I was getting into when <laughs> I did this. I thought I might be just serving coffee for a little while. But um, Starbucks has a very robust training program. Um, and when you get into the management program, um, in fact, uh, even before that, when I was hired, um, I didn't even go directly into management training at all. Um, I went into barista training, learning how to produce the drinks, learning what the culture of the stores are like, learning the customer interactions. And that lasted about six weeks. And this is before I even entered into any type of management functions mm -hmm. uh, of the training. So um, I do remember uh, Howard Schultz was uh, at, the, at the time um, CEO of uh, uh, Starbucks. Actually, he wasn't the CEO, but he was... Uh, chairman of yeah. the board. Uh, anyway, I remember in some of these training modules that we had online, he said um, at Starbucks that any company can come and recreate the space, recreate the stores, recreate the drinks and put on, um, put out the same food, but nobody can recreate the people that we have uh, working. And, and the, the, the employees of Starbucks, for those who don't know, are called partners. Um, so we all refer to each other as partners. So there's, there's this greater, um, oh shoot, how do you say it? There's this, this greater community that you're involved in at this point, understanding, yeah, it is all about the people. Uh, mm -hmm. Coffee is, is a product, of course, everyone likes it, but it's really, it's, it's, a, it's in the people business because coffee mm -hmm. is very, very social. Yeah. social beverage talk about the culture you it's interesting as we obviously see a certain culture when we're lining up and asking our barista for um you know whatever we're ordering but 
when you're on the other side of that, what is that culture like? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? It is very fast paced. Um, if you've ever been to a Starbucks, most of them are very busy um, often. Uh, so it is, it is fast paced. There's high standards. Um, but I would say my leadership styles as, as I transitioned from assistant manager to manager was very customer focused. Um, I would say that was a huge part of the culture, but, but also, um, it was, I, I implemented in my leadership style, uh, an approach that was very, uh, partner focused, uh, to the, to the employees in my stores, the partners in my stores. In fact, um, the first store that I ever became the, the general manager for, uh, when I went there, I noticed the staff, they were not very happy mm-hmm. <laughs> necessarily. They were stressed out. It was very busy. And I noticed right away that they were operating, uh, with too few people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I don't know what to say uh, about the management style beforehand, but, I identified, I'm like, man, if we bring in more people, uh, the staff, the partners are going to be happier. They're going to be able to engage with Mm -hmm. the customers more. And I really think that that's going to increase our sales because people are going to want to be here. And so uh, what I did right away was got, uh, spoke with my direct supervisor, my district manager. And I said, hey, you know, um, can I invest into bringing another person onto the floor to help move the line quicker to help engage with customers. And he said, well, uh, your sales don't support that right now, but if you can commit to me that those sales will support an extra person uh, within two weeks, then sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And immediately the next day, uh, the partners on the floor were so glad to have an extra body who could help run things around, make some drinks, get some food, uh, empty the garbage cans, yeah, <laughs> Any, anything right. that was needed, those extra things. Um, and within two weeks, our sales were supporting that too, so much so that I was able to bring on uh, an additional person only a few weeks after that. And so we all of a sudden started running uh, from a team of three people on, on the floor at one time to all the way up to six for, for a shift. Um, and that changed the culture because we were able to engage with customers more. We were able to... Um, there's, there's a, a principle at Starbucks that's called connect, discover, and respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to actually live that out. And I can explain more about what connect, discover, respond is, but with a limited staff, you're just not able to do that. Yeah. Why don't you just dive right into it? What, what does that mean? What are those? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Well, it, I, it means what it is. I mean, connect, discover, respond. The connection is sometimes it's just a 15 second um, interaction at a cash register or where a customer happens to be picking up their drink, st- pausing, looking them in the eye, saying good morning or good afternoon. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. Um, often at Starbucks, if you've been there, the, the barista will ask for your name. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a helpful tool to put on the cup so that you don't take somebody's wrong drink. Um, but also if you do that every day, you start to get to know customers by their first name, which is really important. Um, that can be the connection. Then you move on to discover. Um, and I, I remember, uh, a very clear example of <clears throat> a customer who was coming into one of my stores and it, it seemed to be on a certain day, I think it was Wednesdays, let's say, she was always a little more 
stressed out than typical. <laughs> and so you, you ask, you're like, hey, you know, I, I notice on Wednesdays that you seem to be a little bit more busy. Things are a little more chaotic. What's going on? And she said, well, you know, I have three kids and Wednesdays, one of my kids doesn't go to school. So I have to drop my other kids off at school and bring my other kid to daycare. And I just, it's just, it's just a lot to manage in the morning. Yeah. I said, well, yeah, well, that's interesting. I said, you know, I, I don't know if this would help or not, but um, we have some food options here. I don't know if that would help for, for breakfast. Maybe it would save you some time in the morning. Um, and if you're not into muffins or scones, kind of the sweet things, I said, we still have some healthier options. We have oatmeal, we have some really nice sandwiches. And she just paused and she said, that is a great idea. So uh, every morning uh, on those mornings in particular, she'd come by and she'd buy herself a bowl of oatmeal uh, that she could take with her and then she'd enjoy it in the office. And it just, you know, it was a little thing, it, but it saved her some time in the morning. Um, yeah. So that's, that's that whole discover and then respond part of it. Respond with a, a solution for this customer. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to think about now, I mean, those, those three words are so powerful. How would you translate that into insurance? Hmm. Um, like I'm, I'm thinking oftentimes small things like when people like walk into the office, I, it's amazing to me how many employees in an insurance agency will walk past the person sitting by the front, you know, front yeah. desk waiting for someone without even saying hello. Oh, sure. Uh, like those types of things I think are so important. And that's when I think about connect, discover, respond, it's those little things that can happen inside the agency that can drastically change the culture of the mm -hmm. agency. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I, you know what, honestly, I haven't even really thought about it that deeply i guess as it as it um pertains to our agency specifically i th we just have such a great team here in our office yeah. where um i think it's just second nature if if a client happens to walk through our doors and let's say our uh, receptionist is is not at the desk somebody mm -hmm. is going to be there you know taking care of of that um, client, um, mm -hmm. addressing their questions or saying, Hey, you know what, just hold on a second. We're going to, we're going to get somebody to take care of you here. Um, I, I think of it as my clients cause I deal in, um, commercial insurance mm -hmm. and, um, you know, one of the things that we do, I talked at the beginning of this is how we, uh, we do more than just sell insurance. Um, recently, this was just a few months ago. Um, we were talking, we were actually back on the manufacturing floor uh, of, of a client we work with and we were engaging with the employees on the floor who are, who are doing the work. Um, and we asked her, we said, Hey, you know what? Just curious. Uh, are there any safety concerns that you have that may be going unaddressed here at, at your business? And she said, you know what? Um, she's like, there is in fact, um, she said, I'm usually the first one here in the morning, about five, 5.30 in the morning. And she's like, I feel very vulnerable entering the building. Mm -hmm. Well, why is that? She said, well, there's this one particular door in the back of our building and it doesn't always secure completely shut and locked. And sometimes I come in in the morning and I can tug on it and it opens. And we said, oh, so she said, so I don't know if somebody's lurking around the building. I don't know if someone's come in overnight. Well, she felt really vulnerable. So we said, well, that's a big deal. Um, and that's a, a huge safety concern. Um, so we brought this up with the leadership of the company and they said, well, we'll get right on that. And they fixed the door within uh, a day or two. 
um, so that it can secure. But you know, those, those types of things can't be addressed if you're not asking the right questions, if you're not engaging um, with the clients or the employees of the clients. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And that's mm -hmm. how you're going to be able to build that deep relationship with multiple people across the, uh, across the organization as well. Correct. Incredibly important. Um, I want to jump into the leadership portion of this, uh, this conversation. Okay. You went through the leadership school. What were some of the more notable uh, characteristics that you were taught through that, that experience? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Connect, discover, respond was, was definitely one of them. And that applied also to, um, you know, engaging with your staff, um, and leading the staff. And I think, you know, my example of, um, that I shared, uh, regarding adding more staff to the, to the floor, uh, to help, I think is, is one of those things that was really addressed. Here's the other thing. Um, Starbucks also had a policy and it was, <laughs> it was called the just say yes policy. Um, and it sounds silly, uh, but it's actually really empowering. Um, and what it, to, to kind of define what that means is if you have the means and the ability to say yes to a customer, and this is back at Starbucks, then by all means do it. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, as a, a partner, as, a, as an hourly barista, let's say, they didn't need to come and hunt me down for uh, approval to do something right for a customer. Uh, for example, if they came in and, and here are the problems that can happen at Starbucks. Somebody's drink doesn't taste good. <laughs> um, I, that's one of them. And, um, you know, if they come back and say, you know, this drink just, it doesn't taste right. I get this vanilla latte every day um, and something's off. Well, that, that customer, whoever they're interacting with, whichever barista they're interacting with, didn't need to come and hunt me down and be like, Mitch, is it okay if we make a new drink for them? No, you yeah. don't need to do that. Just say yes. Say, okay, what's wrong with the drink? Where does it taste off? Identify the problem and then offer a solution by remaking the drink. Uh, not only that, but there was a tool that we had. It was called a, um, a service recovery coupon. Mm -hmm. And it was to keep that customer engaged and we would offer them a, a coupon with the remade beverage if there was a mistake. <clears throat> and that was uh, good for a free beverage the next time they came um, as a way to say, hey, we're sorry for the inconvenience this time. And we, we want to encourage you to come back so we can make that better next time. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so how did you take these concepts and apply them now to your insurance career? Yeah, you know, it, it again, it's we're in the people business. Uh, yeah, we sell insurance or we help clients buy insurance, but we're in the people business. Um, and it, it's all about connecting with your clients, discovering and responding to that. Um, you know, there's there's many examples like the one that uh, I shared about, about the woman who feels vulnerable uh, in her stores. But um, we just recently worked with a with a a business just up the road and they had been with their agent for uh, about 30 years and uh, they're now a client of ours, but um, the, the previous agent never went through uh, really the, the discovery process of their business and how it's evolved and changed. Mm -hmm. um, so we sat through and we found a lot of vulnerable um, gaps in their coverage just because they expanded, they got new buildings and they didn't have the proper coverage. So it was through those conversations, sitting down, uh, addressing with the, 
with the client, hey, here's a couple areas that we think need to be improved, need to be covered, mm -hmm. uh, engage in those conversations. And you build uh, an insurance plan and a risk management plan uh, to, to cover those gaps. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then my final question for you today, uh, this has all been super enlightening. It's interesting to hear how you've translated the experience from Starbucks into the world of risk management. But if there's someone listening today that um, really resonated with what you were saying in terms of how, what you've learned at Starbucks and how you applied it to your business, what advice do you have for that person? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Um, I would say don't forget it's, uh, it's a person that you're talking to on the other end. This person, um, they have more in their life than just their business to run. Um, mm -hmm. They have families, they have friends. Um, and that's what brings, that's why I was in the coffee industry for as long as I was. Uh, and that's what really interested me into joining the, in the insurance business is that I still had the opportunity to, to meet with people, identify their needs, provide solutions, but really engage in, in conversations about life, build relationships, hopefully lifelong relationships with my clients. I, that's what I would say to, to somebody in their career. Don't, don't forget about the people. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if someone wants to learn more about you or like if, if they like really resonated and maybe they had another question, what's the best way that someone can reach out to you and connect with you? Well, uh, LinkedIn, um, is, is a good place to find me. Um, I really, I'm not on social media much, so you're not going to find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, so phone call, uh, email is, is a good way. And I don't know how you might want to provide that information, but I'm, I'm happy to, uh, take a phone call or an email or connect through LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, Mitch, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. And, uh, I appreciate you sharing all your insights. Well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it was helpful. Awesome. Well, there you have it. That is my interview with Mitch. Mitch, thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. I think one of my biggest takeaways from our discussion was Starbucks was able to successfully differentiate themselves in an otherwise commoditized marketplace because they understood that they were not selling a product. They were selling an experience, an experience for people. So they understood their target audience and they trained their staff to deliver that person-to-person -person experience. So next time you are uh, sitting there in front of a prospect or client and you feel like you are nothing more than a number or that you are nothing more than an apples-to-apples -apples quote or that you're being brought in just to keep their current broker honest, remember the distinct advantage is to treat them like people and stand out by listening, providing empathy, and doing what's right for your customer. Thanks so much for listening in and I'll see you on the next episode. Let's play the outro. Thanks for joining us on the Beyond Insurance podcast. Make sure to visit our website, beyondinsurance.com, where you can subscribe to this show using your favorite podcasting platform. While you're there, consider assessing your unrealized growth potential using one of our free self-assessments designed to help you maximize your performance. If you found this episode valuable, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next time. And remember, your success comes when you maximize your potential through process thinking and process improvement.